Hi everyone, and welcome to the 119th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. It's a broadcast. Broadcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, this is gonna be gonna be a great episode. Churro, how you doing? I'm very hot. It's hot in this room. <laughs> you know what? I can concur. It is hot in this room as well, but not because it's hot outside. It's actually kind of cool. It's hot because I turned on the heater, and it's probably not heater season anymore. But <laughs> I wish it was cool. But you know, it, it's once it once we hit May in Southern California, that's it's, oh, it's, it's all over until like November. The bottom drops out. It just gets too hot. Yeah, I I, I feel you. I'm I'm currently fearing the Japanese summer. Um, I came in August and it was like just ridiculous. So hot, so humid. I mean, it's not it, like to be fair, it's not that different from Florida, but uh, because I work at a school uh schools in japan hey man no ac no heater just deal with it it's like why it's like why like, why it's it's like working at a, a pizza place with an oven yeah i'm like trying to like come up with uh, like there's i think there's probably research about how that's probably bad for you to like uh to live with whatever the temperature is outside i mean it's probably bad for the species long term but like come on it's it's you know it's it's probably bad for you i would say maybe more so in the winter like there's probably like some health issues with being in the freezing cold uh you know inside a classroom it's probably also bad academic i think i would go the academic route if i if i ever had to argue with somebody like hey man it's really hard to focus when when you're trying not to switch your brains out or you're trying not to freeze to death it's kind of hard to focus on math so that's my uh, that's my argument, Your Honor. So, uh, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimate's Twitter, which is at Kingdom Hearts, and UltimaWeapon.com's Twitter, which is UltimaWeapon.com. And uh, we have a uh, two-segment show today. We have first our discussion segment. Uh, our discussion will be what Kingdom Hearts can learn from modern games, part two. Everything Call of Duty. Mark two, not not Call of Duty. <laughs> Zombie so mode. I think I'm pretty sure we did this in the past, but I would say in light of some recent releases, Zelda, <coughs> Zelda Breath, Breath of the Wild, uh, in light of some re- recent releases. Persona 5. <clears throat> yeah, I, I figured it'd be pretty good to revisit this because the last time we did it, we were still in the uh, in the current generation. And if you look at Metacritic now, there are new games at the top of the castle now. So we should talk about these new games and what they can what we can learn from uh, what Kingdom Hearts could potentially gain from uh, emulating some of these new ideas. Uh, this is all code for there's no Kingdom Hearts news. <laughs> There's no Kingdom Hearts news. What really? We are, I know it's it's tough. There was actually a pretty funny uh, thread on NeoGAF, uh, I think yesterday, uh, that says uh, there has there has been eight minutes of footage released of Kingdom Hearts three. Eight minutes, <laughs> and it's been four years. 
It's been four years, and all we've gotten is eight minutes of footage. Now, I mean, to be fair, at least for this year, they did they did release 2.8, and that did include 0.2, which is like a fully playable game. And they did like release Back Cover, which is like an hour long movie. So like, there is that. I know it's not Kingdom Hearts three, but it's like. Well, it's basically part of Kingdom Hearts 3, I guess. Well, Namar did say they announced way too early. So, yeah, I they, mean... They um, definitely did. Unfortunately, you know, I'm sure Namar didn't have anything to do with that, so... Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, we're dealing with that drought quite heavily here. So, uh, in light of that, let's find an excuse to talk about games that aren't Kingdom Hearts and try to make it related to Kingdom Hearts. That's what the discussion's about. Anyway, moving on. Our second segment is the question segment. Uh, in the way of announcements, as always, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero, Christian Burge, Louis James, who, uh, who's nothing on Twitter. <laughs> Got you Sorry, there, huh? James. Yeah. Uh, Satria Jojo Zudarma, who is at Satria625 Ruben. Tyson Wildman, who is at Ty Wildman1. William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure. Chris, Chris Morales. Dustiv Haviv, who is at Dustyfish770. Eric Decker, who is at Chaco Taco. Harley Crawley, who is at DarkZT Okami. Jonathan Gonzalez, who is at Oh It's Just Johnny. Josh McNabb, who is at J2K9, Michael Graham, Thorin Bullen, who is at Massacre23, Zach Duranto, who is at ZDuranto58, and sure, if you take these last ones. We got Alex Troutman at Akira Namejin, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Jason Rivera at Neo Arcadiac, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Julio Carrillo at Dead Demon225, Keith Field at the Mighty Keith, Mario Herker, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Muhammad Quayam, Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Neck 95, Perry Ramstad, Rachel Casterston at Orba Yun Ray, uh, Vita Nitas at V underscore Tron 5000, Zach Porter at Porter Paradox, and Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And if you guys want your questions answered, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. We're always eager to talk about the things you guys want to talk about. So if you guys have an idea, please send it in the form of a question to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, moving on to our discussion segment. What Kingdom Hearts can learn from modern games? Mark two. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Da, 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 da. So uh, lately, there have been some pretty, uh, pretty landmark games released. It's kind, of, it's kind of weird because, like, for the longest time, we we were dealing with these not so great games. Uh, I, I'm speaking more about last generation. Uh, that you know, there's a lot of stagnation. Uh, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of bets being taken on some you know, crazy cool new ideas because, you know, game development was getting very hard and people didn't really know how to cope. Um, so it's very refreshing that now there's so many like 10 out of 10, 
you know, nine, nine out of ten games. This that year are has releasing. been like. Like, like this year's been like fantastic when it comes to like games. It's like I have yeah. never seen like so many games get like you know universal acclaim. Yeah, you know, and before. it's only April. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's the craziest part is like there's been so many like just if you just look at like Metacritic of recent games like that there's all the games are so high up there and like it's just been in the past four months like. <laughs> It's crazy. Usually, I mean, it's common for games to like release in March, um, and, and a lot of times they're kind of big games. But it's like it's so rare that there's so many of these good games. Um, oh yeah, by the way, if you guys ever wondered why why do games release in March? Why March? What's so special about March? Is it <laughs> is there like a special holiday in March? Well, in Japan there is. There's White Day, but that's not really a gaming holiday or a holiday that you give gifts other than chocolate um but uh the reason is a lot of games would rather release in christmas you know around christmas around in the holiday season but either for schedule scheduling reasons you know maybe bigger games are releasing or more more often than not uh games uh need more time in the oven <laughs> Because games are really hard to make these days. So uh, a lot of times uh, publishers want their developers to release in the holiday season. And then they're getting close to the holiday season. And then it's like, oh my god, the game is a garbage truck on fire. Like, this is not good. We cannot release this. So the publishers are like, alright, alright. As long as you release it within this fiscal year, you know, the tax guy's happy. So just make sure that this game comes out before the next fiscal year. That's 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 their that's their thing. And the fiscal year starts in April. So that's why they come out in March. Now you know. That's why the tw- that's why the Switch came out in March. That's why Zelda came out in March. That's why uh Mass Effect Andromeda came out in March. That's why so many games come out in March. Hey, that's probably why Kingdom Hearts came out in March. <laughs> Right. If, if we're being if we're being real so why do games come out in march well that's, that's why games come out in march well what if i do if i came out because of the anniversary mainly so yeah yeah that 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 probably is the case but I, i'm kind of feeling like the first kingdom hearts okay there was you go. probably releasing in march because like literally it released march 28th like it's right before the neck the next fiscal year like it's right there so it's like uh i I see i see what probably happened there like if something's releasing so close to the turn of the next fiscal year that's probably indicative of the reason uh especially if they can't hit a holiday season where it's a game that would probably benefit from holiday release you know I mean, so. I let, and it also depends on the title and of the game. Like some games that are really big and anticipated, you know, they, they can make it's a lot of money without even worrying about that. Like, for yeah, instance, yeah, you can release it any time of the year. You know, Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah, you pretty can release much. that thing anytime. It'll be fine. Yeah, Rockstar sort of defies conventions. I think GTA Five didn't that get delayed a little bit? I don't even remember. It, it got delayed once, I think, and then the PC yeah. version got delayed. Yeah, the PC version, yeah, PC version always gets the shaft, but I know that GTA 5 that came out in a September. So they they still definitely made it in time for the holiday season. Uh 
MGS5 probably should have waited to, until March. Oh man, that was that was not a good situation. But then, but then, Kid March made a mistake of releasing on the same day as GTA Five. So, yeah, yeah. Oh well. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a little off topic. But yeah, if you ever wondered why games come out in March or February, February, like that's that's why. Anyway, so I think it's no surprise the the biggest, most uh, innovative release, perhaps of the generation, uh, is going to be. The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Of course, it's big, it's big, it's wonderful. It's got a lot of cool, very interesting ideas. It's Nintendo's first open world game. Knock on wood. Is that is that the first one? <laughs> I think so. Is it? It's the first modern style open world game. Some people say like, "Oh no, the original Zelda was open world." And it's like, no, it's not an open world. It is. Uh, non-linear design it is an example of non-linear design uh it does have uh, a free world but is not what we would consider a modern open world it was not seamless there were loading screens in between dungeons there's loading screens uh in between screens that's you know that if you ever wondered why when you walk between two screens in zelda how how it has to like do that really slow transition till you get to the next to the next scene that's 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 a loading screen so it's not really an open world game but it's like the closest you could get back then so i'll give it that yeah i would say maybe it's like an overworld game (laughs) i don't know Anyway, so uh, th- there's a lot of really interesting things that The Legend of Zelda does, and uh, there's a lot of interesting things that modern games do, so I want to talk about these kinds of things. So first, first really interesting thing about The Legend of Zelda being open world is that uh, you can't, you can't, in the type of uh, world that Zelda has created, with the rules that it's created, it would be exceedingly difficult to tell a very linear story uh just just the nature of the game uh one of the uh gameplay features in the legend of zelda breath of the wild if you don't know about it is that you can climb on anything uh traditionally the way games try to make sure that you experience things in a certain order traditionally the way they handle it is with walls and like just Things that you can't pass. So you kind of have to go down a certain route. So they put up walls. They put up different barriers. Uh, in some bad cases, there are invisible walls. Walls you can't see that you can't go past. You just sort of like walk into thin air and you can't go any further. Uh, that's like probably the worst example of that. Uh, in the case of Legend of Zelda, they give you the option to climb on anything. So... <laughs> You got a wall? No, you don't. That's not a wall. That's just a temporary inconvenience in yeah. Zelda. So it's like that's a that's definitely a really interesting thing. So as a result of that, you can't have a strictly speaking linear story. You know, you can't you can't really do that. Now, uh, in the case of Legend of Zelda, uh, the way they do get around it in some cases is uh, they do it with weather. So if it's raining in Zelda, you can, you can climb for like a little bit, but you'll fall off. Basically, you can't climb anything significant in the rain. So that's the way they get around it in some instances when they want it to be kind of more linear. They'll make it rainy, 
and then in the dungeons, you can't climb any of the walls in the dungeons. So that's that's to make sure that the puzzles are, you know, the integrity of the puzzle is maintained. You you know, you, you can't climb on anything in the puzzle. Otherwise, you just walk to you just climb to where, you know, the end part of the dungeon is. But otherwise, you know, uh, Legend of Zelda, it's very freeing. Now, what I find really interesting in Zelda is the way that they have the structure of the story. So the basic the basic outline is you wake up, you start in a small enclosed tutorial area, you get four powers, you get a like hang glider thing, and then you can glide out of that tutorial area into the the main game world proper. And then once you're in the game world, you can go anywhere, but the intended path is that you go to uh, this lady who's going to tell you where you can go, and there are four places, well, technically five places you can go. There are four dungeons that you're supposed to go to, but there's also the final boss. So that's Hyrule Castle in the middle of the map. Uh, You can see where the final boss is from the very beginning of the game. Right from the get-go, you can see the end. You can see your goal from the very beginning. I like that. I like that you get to see the goal from the very beginning. It's a visual thing. There is a physical castle with some writhing fart gas around it. (laughs) Some dark (laughs) fart gas that looks really menacing and evil. And you can see it from almost anywhere in the world. Like that is very strong, uh, strong theming, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to that castle and I'm supposed to kill that fart gas. That's my goal as Link, the, the hero of Hyrule. That is my, that is my job. And at pretty much every place in the entire map, your goal is always in sight and you know, okay, the, what is the purpose of me, uh, cooking these apples? What is the purpose of me uh, climbing climbing this uh, this chasm? What is the purpose of me going to all these dungeons? You can see it. It's there. It's that crazy castle with the fart gas and the crazy pig man inside. That's what you got to do. I like that. Now, uh, the the really nice thing is that so there's four dungeons that you're supposed to go to. You can go to them in any order. Uh, so that's cool. You can decide whichever route you want to go to. Each of these areas, they have their own story. They're pre- you know, it's pretty unique. It's really nice. But the main storyline of Legend of Zelda is told in a very unique way. Oh, by the way, we're not going to be telling any spoilers of Legend of Zelda. Better not. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> we're not. Just 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 in case you you haven't played through it, uh we're not going to be telling any spoilers. Uh, the only spoilers that you will find here are related to mechanics, and, and even then, they'll be very few and far between. Mechanics and story structure. That's it, because that's what's applicable to Kingdom Hearts. We don't care that a specific story point happened in Breath of the Wild. That doesn't relate to Kingdom Hearts. So, uh, in terms of how the main story is conveyed to you, uh, basically, there are places that you go to on the map where you can unlock uh, clips, basically video clips uh, of the story. So it's kind of like everything is told through flashbacks. Uh, it, it's the same. 
the way it feels is it feels the way like a JRPG cutscene would feel, but all of these cutscenes occurred in the past. You know, you you exist in this uh, far flung future. You are you are at the end of the journey, and you're trying to figure out what the journey was that you just went on. That's sort of the story. So it's a really interesting thing. Um, I guess one way of thinking of it is it's kind of like it's kind of like if King's Glaive was in Final Fantasy 15, but it was in chunks, and you could find them in any order you wanted to. And you didn't have to go and buy a different thing. It was just in the game. You just had to find it. So it, it, it's definitely an interesting way of doing it. Uh, Zelda's not the only game that's done this. Like um, uh, Final Fantasy X had uh, the Braska spheres. So you could find out Braska's story through going and exploring the world. Um, you know, there, there are games that have done this. But uh, I think... In my mind, I think Zelda is pretty much the only game that I can think of that's done it as their main storyline. Like, that's the way you find the story, is you have to go to places and you find these clips out of order. And then you can sort of piece piece together. You know, you, you are you are Link and you don't know what's go- gone on. And, you know, you're sort of like an investigator. You're trying to piece together what happened. Why is the world in this state? You're shown this cr- this terrible situation. Why is the world the way it is? You know, go figure it out. Now, I don't know if if that's something that would necessarily work for Kingdom Hearts. You know, having a story told in that way. But, Turo, I want to know how you feel about non-linearity with relation to Kingdom Hearts. Um, you know, because I personally feel like it could work for Kingdom Hearts. Like, on paper... Kingdom Hearts has a bunch of worlds. These are separate things. Like you could you can even in you, even now you can just go to these Disney worlds to an extent you can go to them out of order. But the way they're designed, it's like it's almost if it's not impossible, it's really discouraged based on how difficult it would be to go to each world because each world gets progressively higher level. So, uh, how do you feel like if they made this more open that you could go to these worlds in any order? Do you think it would significantly, significantly change the experience of, of Kingdom Hearts? Uh, I mean, the hardest part with that is just that how will the story progress too? Cause yeah. you know, certain story things happen at certain worlds. So it's like, um, how would that tie in? It's like, um, yeah see that's i mean each world would have to be its own linear non-linear thing but yet you know then that it becomes too redundant for each world so i think i think the the way so so the way zelda handles it it's it's very much so zelda only does it once kingdom hearts would have to do it several times but basically the the deal is uh actually so another game that does something similar to this that I think people overlook is Mass Effect. So the way Mass Effect handles it is, so you can there's a main there's a main quest line, and at certain points you'll have, you know you'll have your starting quest that every everyone does the same quest first. You know same thing with Zelda. Everyone starts on the Great Plateau. Everyone has that tutorial segment, 
But after the after that tutorial segment, then you can go in any of four different directions. But everything at the end of the day funnels to Hyrule Castle. Everything funnels to Ganon. So if I was going to design something like that where there was going to be some non-linearity, I would make it so that, all right, so we're going to have one main story point that starts the game. You know, everyone everyone's going to have this main story point. And then once we leave this planet, you know, this 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 one world, then you have like a choice of maybe four, three or four worlds that you can go to. I mean, look, Kingdom Hearts 1 already did this. But so let's say you, you can go to any of these four worlds. You can go in any order. You know, each of these stories are kind of like building towards something, but you can experience them out of order. Once you've done these four worlds, bam, there's another main story point. Everyone experiences it, and that progresses the main storyline further. And then once you've gotten past that, all right, then it opens up again. You've got four or five different new worlds that you can go to. You can go to any of these worlds in any order, and you find out a new thing about the story each time. But each of these plot points, while they may relate to the main story, they don't you don't have to know one before the other. Like they're just different facets of the same information. And then once you've done these, you know, let's say five worlds. All right. Now it's to the, now it's time for the final boss uh, or the final area. And then the final area itself is, you know, everyone funnels into the final area. The whole final section is the same. So it's kind of like this whole idea of you start out with something linear then you sort of fan out, let them go and explore, do whatever you want. Then you sort of funnel back into the, to the same story point, And then you let them funnel back out, do whatever you want. And then, okay, let's funnel back in. Let's bring it all back in. Let's finish the game. Kind of like sort of the idea. Uh, 13, like it starts linear. Then once you get on to Grand Pulse, it becomes quote yeah, unquote. It opens out. Op- it opens out. Then when you go then progress it, the story, it goes back to linear. Exactly. So like, that's, that's how I think. It could work. I mean, they, it, that- it could work in a sense that, like, for example, you know, you have your typical Disney Disney worlds with Disney storylines mm-hmm. and the problems within. And then say, like you say, get to the final area. Maybe, you know, they, the, the Keyblade graveyard is became, you know, a huge thing now since, you know, the last, you know, 10 yeah. something years that have passed since Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, that becomes one giant, you know, nonlinear world, you know, mm-hmm. for you to go to. For you to get from point A to point B, you know, there's different roads and different things you can do to get there, but it's just depending on how which way you want to go. Yeah. Uh, there was actually an indie game that kind of explored this. Um, it was a game called Her Story. So the way Her Story works is it's kind of like, so you're watching an interrogation of someone who's uh, accused of murder. And the actual gameplay that you're doing is you're you're sitting at a computer desk and you are typing into a police database like a search engine like you're basically playing google the game it's really interesting so uh you're basically given a couple of clips at the beginning that they just give to you and you can watch those and then what you need to do next is you need to type in some word into the search engine and it will search through everything that the girl says in the interrogation. And because basically they have a transcript of everything she says. So they'll look for just words that she said and they'll give you more clips. 
and then you watch those videos and then based on what you've seen there you can sort of try to guess to think oh what's going to get me more into this story i'm trying to understand who this person is so uh for example you find out that this is related to a murder case so you might type in the word murder so then you'll get like some more clips and then you know they'll sort of lead you on this path now the way they keep you from finding like the most incriminating stuff the way they keep you from finding that first is they wrote the dialogue in those scenes in such a way that it didn't include words like kill or murder or crime they didn't use any words like that they use very specific words that you would only hear if you were quote-unquote far into the story if you had seen very important scenes first so uh you know they, they just make they they wrote it in such a way that the lines were very obscure so the, the basically the idea is they wanted to make sure that you saw most of the story before you found the incriminating evidence in Damn. the interrogation uh, yeah i, I got to play this Which game is, now <laughs> yeah so her story it's really really interesting it's like like it's it's such a weird concept for a game and it's like yeah basically google the game like uh, so so i mean i mean not just google the game like you should google and find out about the game but like the game is like playing a game it's like playing google like you're typing words into the search engine and all the like obvious things that you would think for a crime all that does is give you like crap like you have to pay attention and type in very specific things and they wrote it in such a way that the lines of the dialogue get like more and more specific to the story the deeper you get into like understanding it and then like the most incriminating stuff you have to like you have to really have seen a lot to like find words that she said in in the like in the most incriminating evidence so it's really interesting um so in the case of Kingdom Hearts, they kind of do the same thing where uh, you can find an- the Ansem reports. I mean, because the way the worlds are sort of laid out, you do find them in a kind of a specific order, but you could find them in any order and it's fine. You can find them in any order. You can read them in any order as long as you don't read the one where it's like, hey, I turned my apprentices into Heartless. As long as you don't read that one. You could read any of them in any order, and and as far as you know, Ansem's a benevolent king who, you know, he's called a sage, and uh, you know, he's just researching the heartless. As far as you know, that's all you know. But if you read the one where he's like, "Hey, I turned all my apprentices into heartless. I'm a bad guy, by the way." Like, as long as you don't read that one. You know, he's a good guy, but it, once you read that, it recontextualizes everything that you just read in the past. And like, oh, that's why he was saying all these things. Because he's a bad guy. Oh, now it makes sense. So I think I think that kind of structure works well. Is like finding out what parts of the, your story can work in any order. And what parts of the story are like critical progression points like if you find out that ansem did something evil you you will immediately think everything is evil and you know that kind of ruins it so you you kind of want to take those kinds of reveals and make those really hard to find or just make it impossible to find unless you make it to a certain point and then anything prior to that is fair game 
you know, find it in any order. You know, it's all sort of like neutral depending on what, you know, it doesn't really matter what you find first, what you find second. I mean, it would only work if, uh, you know, Namar reboots the game, the series, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that would require. uh, Yeah, by the way, uh, I I think a lot of these discussions relate more towards the future of Kingdom Hearts. I think, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3, it's very set in its ways, you know, and that's that's fine. I, I want Kingdom Hearts 3 to be whatever it needs to be. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe going forward, you know, these are things that they can consider. Yeah. So uh, mo- moving on from that, uh, I- I've got listed here things from Zelda, gameplay freedom. Uh, there's also physics and then also the open world. So Zelda's got this really cool uh, physics system uh, where it's probably the most, I would say, universal physics system that I've ever seen. In the sense that, like, other than Half-Life 2, this is probably the most universal physics system I've ever seen. Where, like, every almost everything is a physics object, you know, uh, things behave the way you expect them to behave. And uh, they've got, I, I was watching their GDC video, and they have, a, like, a two-part system. They have a physics system, and they have what they call a chemistry system. And they're like, what chemistry? why do games need a chemistry system so what they call chemistry which by the way uh what they call chemistry is still physics but whatever what they call a chemistry system is uh their fire their ice their electric and wind in the game so for example uh fire in the game if you uh shoot an arrow through a uh campfire when the ca- when the arrow goes goes through the campfire, it becomes a flaming arrow. If you are holding a torch, for example, and you walk under an apple tree, and your torch happens to be under an apple, you cook the apple. <laughs> if you are uh, running in a rainstorm, and it starts thundering and lightning, and you have metal equipment on, you will be struck by lightning. But if you take that equipment off and maybe use your magnet rune and move, let's say, let's say you have a sword and you pick up that metal sword and you put it next to some enemies, they will be struck by lightning. So it's like this whole idea that everything is connected. Um, uh, There's this one rune called stasis where you can stop a physics object. So let's say a, a, a crate, you can stop it. And then once, while it's still stopped, you can hit it. And the more you hit it, the more uh, momentum is built up. And once the stasis stops, it sort of just launches in, in the air like a, like a slingshot. So in the case of that, you can like build up a bunch of momentum on a, on a large crate. And then you can climb on the crate and like latch onto it. And you, when it releases, you fly with the crate. Like, there's just so many crazy physics interactions. Like, I don't know if that necessarily works for Kingdom Hearts, but I would personally kind of like it if the magic did affect the world a little bit more. Things like fire, things like thunder. So that, you know, when you are using these 
magic spells. You you can consider a little bit more of the environment. Final Fantasy XV does this to some extent. Like yeah, you do have to kind of consider the environment when you can when you cast magic. But I think with Final Fantasy XV, it's kind of like with their magic, it's like everything is bad. <laughs> Yeah. Like, once once no... you cast magic, everyone everyone's dying. Your party, it doesn't matter. Like, I get the their intent. Like, they wanted it to be like, oh, if you use fire in a grassy area, uh, it's going to sort of light everyone on fire. Um, if you use uh, ice in water, everyone's sort of going to get frozen. If you use electric where there's metal, everyone's going to get zapped. I've yet to find like a benefit to <laughs> to the uh, I, i've yet to see the good side of final fantasy 15's magic uh like uh like other than the obvious like it, it, it hurts your enemies that's that's obvious but like i'm trying to i don't see like the skillful side of it where's the like oh i know how this magic works so i'm going to avoid this problem you know how you know there's no skillful alternative whereas with zelda you know, it's kind of evenly matched. Like, you can do stupid things with the the elements of the world, but you can also do a lot of skillful things with the elements of the world. Like, it's sort of, like, even, 50-50. Whereas with Final Fantasy XV, it's just, like, everything is terrible. Everything everything hurts. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. Everything's gonna blow up in your face. You just have to get used to it. So, so Chura, how do you feel about uh physics and kingdom hearts because like up until now there really hasn't been any like at all i mean wasn't there gonna be like some sort of changes to the magic system for kingdom hearts 3 though i hope so like uh there there is um oh there is uh the flow motion stuff with the ice there's that that we saw in 2.8 or in 0.2 uh have you been able to execute that yet yeah, with two point yeah, two point eight you just cast on when you cast it it makes a streak and you just like step right on it and then they'll just Do you shoot. find it useful? Mm, not really. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's like it's like something you don't like, it's like it's something if you like if it's your intention to do it, then yeah. yeah. But like if you're if in you the middle of, to do it. If you're yeah. middle of a fight then like that you're doesn't probably really not come gonna think to do it. Yeah. So I think that's I like that they're they're where their heads at. Like they they definitely want to do these kinds of things, but I kind of I feel like they're not like so obvious how to do them, and uh, because of that, and because they're so difficult to execute, it's kind of like, well, if it's so difficult to do, why would I want to do it? Like there, there's there's usually a better choice, an easier choice to make. I could probably just keep whacking them with my keyblade, and it'll probably kill them faster. You know. Like, mm-hmm. one of those. So, I think, like, definitely in terms of magic, I would like to see more, uh, quote-unquote, physical interaction in the world. Um, uh, other than that, I've got quests quests listed. I-, I think we've said this in the past that we would love to see quests in a Kingdom Hearts game. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that will definitely add more to it. Uh, I will say, like in terms of quests, I feel like quests are definitely a great way to add non-linearity to Kingdom Hearts. Because with quests, you can design them, just like I was saying before, in such a way where uh, you can do you know, certain quests in any order. 
but then maybe like there's a quest at the end once you've done all let's say there's four quests that you can do in any in any order and once you've done those four quests there's maybe a fifth quest that is unlocked that sort of brings everything together that you gained from those four quests prior and sort of like uh you know is like the finale of everything yeah it like only final, unlocks once you've done the previous four like, like final fantasy 15 did that with the mm-hmm. with the legendary weapons they had you know it's like i yeah. would love for something like that like you would just keep finding legendary keyblade like keychains to upgrade your keyblade to you know mm-hmm. legendary keyblade so it's like i would love to have a quest where you know maybe have like a sora encounters like a legendary like because like, i know moogles do the synthesis but like yeah. you know, they they tell you to embark on a quest to find you know this the name of this legendary Moogle that can create you know keyblades you know more powerful than the ones that they've created. You yeah. know, I actually just thought of a really uh, good example of Kingdom Hearts One doing something similar, mm-hmm. albeit a way way more basic, but like it's a similar idea. And it was in Alice in Wonderland when you're trying to find the evidence to uh to get alice off the hook uh-huh. you can find those pieces of evidence in any order and you finding the antenna or you finding the claw or you finding the stench like you can find those in any order it doesn't change your understanding of anything it doesn't ru- it doesn't spoil anything if you find the claw first or if you find the stench first like you can find these in any order, and then you realize, oh, it's a heartless. That's that's who tried to steal your heart, queen of hearts. You know, you can find those in any order, and then the quote unquote fifth quest, the 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 one that brings it all together, is you going to the trial and presenting the evidence that you found. Like that could be an example of something. Maybe you're trying to find uh, information about a certain. Uh, a certain heartless or uh, information about a certain uh, organization member or something and you have to go to different worlds or different areas and in each area you find out something new about this character and once you've gotten all the information oh maybe you maybe you get pieces of a map i don't know and then you put the map together and oh so this is a map oh that's what this means oh this character is on top of this mountain we need to go there now and then you go there now and then you find them and maybe you fight them i don't know something along those lines where you piece things together and it all builds up but you can do those pieces prior in any order i think that kind of thing that kind of structure would be refreshing for kingdom hearts one last thing that i will want to say with regards to non-linearity is that the one thing that makes it impractical to do in Kingdom Hearts now. And I don't have a solution for this. So this is something that I think would need to be addressed in a future, maybe either reboot of the series or just a future arc of the series where they try to rethink the conventions of Kingdom Hearts. But the main thing that's stopping it is the RPG mechanics. Specifically, leveling up stats, things like that. So the reason you can go to any dungeon in Zelda is because there are no stats other than your, you know, however many heart containers you have or however much stamina you have. You know, there's no, uh, you know, or, or whatever weapons you find. But you can find these things at any time. You know, there's no bespoke strength stat. There's no, you know, it's no defense stat. 
you know, it's it's all dependent on the equipment you have. Do you think you can get the equipment anytime? Do you think that Kenny Mars could benefit more without the level up system? Yeah, that's that's you know that's the real question is should Kingdom Hearts abandon the RPG system so it can uh yeah so it can be a lot more open maybe I don't know like it's it's very it's very difficult to say I, I would say that yeah if once you abandon level up or leveling up then everything becomes a lot more skill oriented. Uh, bosses become a lot more difficult to design. That's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a great thing, but you know, it, it's definitely something that you know will take a lot of rethinking for the development staff. Um, yeah, it, how do you feel about like skill versus just pure grinding? You know, do you feel that? Do you feel like grinding cheapens the experience? Hmm. It does yeah. because basically, I mean, I mean, when when you you know first play in the very beginning of the game, you know, it'll take like what three four hits to kill a heartless, and then yeah, here you are, you're killing in one hit. You know, it's like there's really no there's there's no difficulty involved with it. It's just yeah. You're just there, just killing everything in one hit. So and then yeah, like, basically, comes... you've got two ways to deal with your problems. Either you learn how to do it better, mm. or you just spend a lot of time until the game says, "All right, all right, you can move on. I'll make it easier for you." AKA, I'll give you experience so your character is stronger, so it's easier to win. Because, because, like you know, that's why they implemented these uh level one runs you know the the ability yeah. to play no xp for those who want to be able to you know play the game with the challenge those who understand you know like you said like like the gameplay you know, the physics of the fight you know the boss fights yeah. you know the learning how to use like not just your basic you know attack and magic but using sp- different spells using summons using co-op attack it's just all about that you know it's you know, that's truly how you're supposed to play the game because you're using everything that they've given to you. Yeah, Versus just definitely. leveling up and just whacking, slashing, and casting magic here and there just to finish off the boss. Yeah. I think... Uh, so so there is a there is another option, and I'm personally not a fan of this option, but uh, the other option is uh, level scaling, meaning... Depending on which world you go to, for so the, whatever the first world you go to is, that will be the low-level world. And then once you beat that world, the next world will be a higher level. And once you beat that world, the next world will be a high level, higher level. So it basically scales with you and tries to keep up with you. I'm personally not a big fan of that style. Like, Final Fantasy VIII did it, and all it did for Final Fantasy VIII is uh, it made people not want to do random battles at all. Because it's like, what? what's the point? Why level up when all the other enemies level up with me? There's no point. So I should just stay weak the whole time, and the enemies will be weak. Proportional to me. So it's like, I feel like level scaling for enemies is kind of a self-defeating prophecy. Self-de- self-defeating mechanic. Like, you kind of ruin it. It kind of ruins itself. Um, I think Zelda has an interesting way of handling it. The way they do it is, uh, that there are, there are straight up stronger enemies. And if you go there unprepared, you will die. 
but by going to these things called shrines, you can get uh, spirit orbs. And if you collect four spirit orbs, you can uh, redeem a either a heart container, so you can make yourself uh, have more. Uh, you can take more hits, or you get a stamina gauge, where you, so you can climb more or do like a longer uh, glide or do a longer physical attack. Um, so uh, they have it. So they incentivize you preparing. Um, but like the the real meat of the battle, it all depends on what weapons you find. So that incentivizes that you explore a lot and look for very powerful weapons. Uh, and once you find the powerful weapon, all right, now, now I can go and fight this monster. So the, there definitely are stats involved in Zelda. It's not a hundred percent skill. There are stats, but they're tied to the weapon that you find. And they're tied to, you know, whatever equipment you're wearing. Uh, the only stuff that you carry with you is your stamina and your heart gauge. Otherwise, it's skill-based. Um, uh, I mean, in terms still... of, yeah, in terms of, in terms of weapons, though, they do, uh, they do have a durability mechanic. So the weapons do break. So uh, that's how they deal with you finding an overpowered weapon early. So if you find like this crazy OP weapon and you go and, you know, you'll be OP for a little bit. You'll be OP for a while until that weapon breaks and then you're back to square one. So that's how they handle that. So it's it's definitely an interesting concept. I don't know. I think maybe Zelda is a good uh, maybe not a good template. Like I don't think they need to be go going so crazy on like finding different weapons in the world. But I think that whole idea, where there's a balance, more towards skill and less towards stats. So you can go to any world in any order, and I, I, I think I think that's I think that's what it comes down to. Like if they get rid of the level up system. Yeah, and then you could particularly just go to any Disney World you want to, and just just try it based on skill. Yeah, you know? I think I think maybe getting rid of leveling up, but maybe focusing more on just the stats. Like mm-hmm. maybe you can do something to give you more HP. Maybe you can do something to give you more strength. Maybe you can do something to give you more uh, you, magic. Attack. Would you say some like Chain of Memories, where you had to choose between you know, uh, yeah, that's, HP. That's, that- that, that's one way of handling it or maybe there's like a specific mechanic like or or, or maybe a, a specific thing you can like harvest maybe maybe through synthesis you can craft a potion and the potion will give you more health or maybe like a, like a, like, like a temp boost of your health and then like when you get hit down past that certain point then you you know get you have your normal hp yeah again. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what a great solution is for that, but yeah, that's kind of how Zelda handles it in in, in Breath of the Wild. So basically, the deal is you collect spirit orbs from going through. Uh, you do puzzles, you get spirit orbs, and then you can choose how you want to spend them. So, I mean, in modern RPGs, uh, the way they do it is you know you have a skill tree. I mean, maybe a skill tree is a good idea, and then you can, you know, you get gen- generic. Uh, skill points and then you can decide how you want to spend them you can spend them in HP or you can spend them in yeah, strength or in magic Yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's basically what Chain of Memories is the only thing is with Chain of Memories it's very much a hard and fast 
you have to level up and then you choose what you want. Whereas in the whole skill tree setup, uh, as you get skill points, you can spend them. Do you think Kingdom Hearts should have like a like a skill point? Like rather than you know how the you know level up system, you get abilities yeah. after certain levels. Do you think Kingdom Hearts they should can move just buy to them, more? Yeah, yeah, like kind of like a custodian points or you know, yeah, sphere grid like in yeah. FF10. I think it would be interesting. I'd like to see them try it. Uh, maybe they could try it in like a handheld title or, or like a, a side title first. I mean, I mean uh, the uh, the uh, the the command uh, fusions from Birth by Sleep was an interesting take too. Yeah, that's you know, definitely able another to, option. You know, you know, because you can actually end up getting overpowered abilities, especially in early in the game, if you grind, you know, long yeah, enough for them. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, th- those are definitely some interesting ideas. I think for a lot of people, maybe they might feel like, oh no, I don't want to get rid of level ups because maybe they're nostalgic for it, or they maybe maybe they don't like uh, skill tree games. Maybe they, they they would just rather the game handle that for you. And I, I definitely understand that. Uh, I just think that going forward, I think leaning more on skill will probably lead towards more interesting gameplay and not only moment to moment gameplay but also would it would also free up the general story structure to be a lot more open because if we're less focused on the stats of each world then there's a lot less focus on what order you should go in and then you can go in any order you want so i think the benefits for such a change would be a lot higher than anything we'd probably lose in you know in exchange so so yeah, I think that's a really good discussion. Uh, I think the moral of the story is play Zelda. Definitely play Zelda. I need a I need a another Wii U, which they don't make anymore. Or I'm probably gonna have to buy a Switch. Yeah, uh, I would I would highly suggest doing uh, one of those two uh, very soon. It's very good, very good. Definitely definitely worth. Uh, if that's the only game I play on Switch. It's worth it already, but I'm also gonna play Mario, so yeah. that makes it double. I mean, that I, makes it double worth it. I was thinking about getting a Switch for you know my events like E3, trip to New York, E23, and yeah. Comic Con. Um, we'll see where my money is at the time because yeah, it's not, I I'm broke on going to all these events. <laughs> I yeah, man, I totally totally get that. All right, so moving on to our question segment. Our first question comes from Vivian D. Vivian D asks. Uh, what kinds of Keyblade transformations do you want to see? Uh, maybe lances or great swords, like in Final Fantasy XV, or maybe more op- uh, maybe more world-inspired transformations similar to guard form. I-, I can imagine, like in Big Hero Six, you know, like how Hero like does something with Sora's Keyblade and makes it like yeah, like an invention that helps clear Harlis or something. Like I would love like something like that like give me like a bust mega mega man buster cannon it's like like a charge shot yeah shoots a crazy laser oh man like that'd be that'd be really great for that like for that or maybe like i I like pogo sticks maybe give zora a pogo stick or something (laughs) yeah give him a pogo (laughs) stick uh maybe yeah Uh, i'm leaning towards i'm leaning towards guns personally just because uh i would say sword but keyblade the keyblade is a sword so i, I love because I, like one of the things i loved about the the terror fight in kingdom Hearts 2 final mix is when he shoots his bow like, yeah I would, I would love to see so a bow cool. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, going on that, like let's let's get Terra's, uh, you know, like like the the Keyblade glider form where you can yeah. actually ride the Keyblade, dude. I want that. Dude, want seriously, that so that, that means like traversing the area like kind of fast, you know, just like just dude, like jump I on it and fly. So bad. <laughs> so give me that, and also uh, in the Star Wars world that will definitely exist, give me a lightsaber transformation. You know, of course, as always. I don't know how that's going to be functionally any different, but <laughs> I just want it, please. And uh, yeah, so that, yeah, I think I think that's good for that question. And uh, Churro, if you want to take this next one, this one's from Triforce Apple, and this one, and they write with Final Fantasy fifteen definitely getting at least a year of support via DLC. Would you like Kingdom Hearts three to receive the same treatment? If so, what type of DLC would you like to see? So I think like I definitely want the kind of stuff that we get in like a like a final mix title like that we've gotten in the past. So like things like extra bosses or you know new keyblades, new enemies, uh, new secret movie, those sorts of things. I definitely want that. But I do see the potential for more. Like for example, with with Final Fantasy fifteen, they have things like that, but they also have uh entire story segments like we just had episode gladio uh we're gonna get episode prompto episode ignis maybe at e3 they'll say episode noctis we'll see (laughs) there's been rumors but uh yeah like having like i could either go for an episode character name like episode Kyrie, episode riku like let's let's get more into their story or I could go for maybe uh, a certain uh, like maybe new new Disney worlds. I could see that because Disney worlds are sort of modular, so you could add a Disney world to the game, or maybe I maybe could... like a like a like a like a Mirage Mirage, Mirage Arena world. Yep, like Mirage I... Arena that could be good. I could also go for uh, playing the game from different perspectives, so like. A reverse rebirth mode, maybe a Riku mode, where you play through Riku's side, if that's not already in the game, or you play as Kyrie, Or maybe maybe like, a first-person mode. First-person mode, oh no. <laughs> Could you imagine how barfy that would be? With, or, uh, or, flow or, or a like, VR mode. <laughs> yeah, VR mode. Oh man, that'd be crazy. Just VR, VR flow motion. <laughs> oh, I don't man. think I'll last with that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Oh man, that's that sounds crazy. But yeah, stuff stuff like that. So so just like I would say, bare minimum, give me final mix style stuff. Give me my bosses. Give me my secret movie. Uh, beyond that, give me either extra Disney worlds or give me uh, give me uh, different perspectives on the uh, like the Kingdom Hearts three story from different points of view. Like either Riku's side of the story or Kyrie's side of the story or you, know, you name it. I mean, I, th- I think Lee's side of the story. Yeah, would be Lee- interesting. I'm guessing maybe Lee and Kyrie is going to be a team, maybe. So I guess if if you if you get one, you get both. So I don't know. I don't know how how they're going to handle like the teams in this game, but it seems like you got your different strike forces. You got your your Riku Mickey. You got your Sora Donald Goofy. You got your Lee Kyrie. You got your Ven Terra Aqua. Maybe then you got your Yen Sid. You got your Yen Sid sitting in his chair by himself with his uh. With his little skull, skull, then, uh, skull, uh, candle holder. And then he has to decide what kind of sandwich he wants to eat while he's waiting. Hmm. 
What kind of sandwich should I make? Hmm. Peanut butter and jelly or turkey mm. with ham. Well, what about roast beef? I never had oh, roast beef in a while. This is a very difficult decision. Oh, so very difficult. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll have the, the, the fairies uh, whip him something up. I don't know. We'll make, see. Make him a rainbow sandwich. So yeah, so, something along those lines. That'd be good. All right. And uh, for this last one, uh, Joseph Robertson asks, Hypothetical situation time. Kingdom Hearts 3's marketing team has come to you to, uh, and it said that as influencers within the Kingdom Hearts community, they'd like to include your likenesses as NPCs in Kingdom Hearts 3. So NPCs as in non-playable characters in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, What world do you ask to appear in, and what does your NPC say? Two lines of dialogue maximum. Uh, Come on, two lines. Just two lines. Well, so, I mean, well okay. First, first, off, first, where are you? I'll probably be in like Twilight Town, you know, something or Radiant Garden, one of the big worlds, you know, okay. like, original worlds. Sounds like, good. Like, like, like my my NPC would be the one that would like actually write about like events that are going on. Like he like he would notice things are going on. Okay. And like when the Sora approaches, you know, my character, he you know my character would respond with like like. He would basically tell Sora what's going on, you know, what's like all if like like if something he does in one will affect something, I'll be the one that'll tell him, Oh, this has been going on. Like But you only have two lines of dialogue. I know, but <laughs> I I mean I, I mean I I can I could do one giant run on paragraph, you know, that's still considered there, a line. There, there you go. Just one, one, one long run on sentence. Uh maybe you can have like uh Maybe Sora can ask you. So maybe Sora can ask you Sora can ask you anything, and you can either say one of two responses. So Sora can ask, oh, how's Kyrie? And then you can say, great! Or like, oh man, that's so great. <laughs> and then maybe you can have another uh, response that's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's pretty bad. You're basically the magic eight ball for Sora. <laughs> <laughs> that, or maybe, maybe, uh, like, eventually, like, as like, the game progresses like like my dialogue changes to like and yeah. then at the very end it'll be like I'd be like so sorry do you want to spar and then like Sora be like huh spar and then yes. then you know once you once you agree to do it it's like just big just like just giant like CGI like scene of me yeah, like about to attack Sora and then at the end it's just like false it's just like everything just goes poof and I'm just like boop you know like it's like I'm I'm at my limit I'm done yeah there you go uh, for me. I think maybe I would appear in Traverse Town. Okay, so uh, in Traverse Town, next to the accessory shop, not the I, not not Huey Dewey and Louie's shop, but on the other side, there's that place that sells the hot dogs. Mm-hmm. I want to be in that restaurant specifically, and would you would, actually, you would you would you be like a like a like a shopkeep? Or no, like, like selling them, or just- I will be a patron at the restaurant. And I will be dressed as a Jedi because I came from the Star Wars world and I'm at the restaurant counter. And then when Sora asks me a question, I'll be like, Yoda once told me this. So that's my first line. Second line. When in doubt, order hamburger. That's that's my that's my character. <laughs> I came I came from I came from the Star Wars world to bestow my wisdom of ordering hamburger. 
They're like, don't go, don't go for the taco, go for the hamburger. When in doubt, order hamburger. Just, I think that's just a great word of wisdom, just in life. When, when in doubt, order hamburger. Or, or, or you could say, always choose a salad, don't choose a soup. Yeah, always go for salad. You'll never regret it. There you go. All right, so that, that that's been that's been our uh, question segment. Moving on to the music for this episode, we've got a really interesting uh, a really interesting cover. So first off, there was uh, uh, Liz Liz Robinette. She's a pretty popular YouTuber. She did a, a special vocal cover of Shion's theme. She has her own original lyrics. So there's that cover. This is actually. A remix of that done by uh, Medicine. So, eh, like Medicine, the, like it's pronounced Medicine, I guess, but it's uh, spelt M E D A S I N, Medicine. So, this is Medicine's remix of Liz Robinette's uh, Shion theme cover called Remember. <laughs> so, definitely check out uh, Liz Robinette's YouTube channel. She's got a lot of great Kingdom Hearts covers where she does her own uh, singing and her own lyrics. Definitely check her out. All right, so the next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 9th of May. Wow. This the the year's, the year's the year's almost over. <laughs> so it's only May, but still it's like we're almost halfway I, there. Yeah, we're almost halfway there. It's it kind of reminds me like, oh, remember when E3 used to be in May? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man. Versus 13 was announced May 8th. Just put that into perspective. 2006, it was still in May. Anyway. So yeah, uh, 9th of May. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. And of course, catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or... Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHLTamania or UltimaWeapon.com's Twitter, which is at Ultima, Ultima Weapon Com. There you That's go. That's a lot of words. It's a lot of words to remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, in Japanese, we say, uh, Kyotsukete means, uh, be careful. I'm always <laughs> or, careful. Or, it's, it's not like it, it doesn't, I think be careful in English sounds a lot more strong. I think it's more like take care. <laughs> take care, Churo. Take care not to hurt yourself. <laughs> what would be take your time? Take your time. Uh, I'm, not, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. <laughs> well, 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 just say, just say, do your best. So, oh yeah, ganbatte ne, ganbatte kudasai. There, see, I'll just do my best. Yeah, do your best, ganbatte. Ah, ganbarimashita, ganbarimashita. You did, uh, you did your best. I so, did. Like, ta, ta, ta is like past tense. So, ganbarimashita. Or, churo, churo, churo san wa ganbarimashita. Hi. Churo did his best. All right. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, remember, you can support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash FFKHUnion to see what you can do to help us out and what you can gain in return. Uh, and if you have any questions, please send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Churo. It's time to say your goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us again. And we always love your support. And we'll see. I'll see you guys on the next episode definitely so uh may- oh maybe maybe i should say try some try some japanese goodbyes some, some japanese goodbyes. oh this would be so good you got you got your you got your sayonara sayonara that's 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 like goodbye that's like kind of final uh there's uh ja 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 mata 
Jamata, which is like see you later, but it's like super informal. Uh, there's also matane, like later, right? <laughs> so maybe like uh, so. So usually I say I'm Brandon saying goodbye. So maybe uh uh Brandon this uh uh. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'll just say Jeanne. I need to keep practicing. Anyway, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.